0: what's up with y'all
1: what's up with y'all i I don't i don't like that one let's give us another one okay all right what's good man that's terrible that's very 106 apart okay okay uh it's your boy preston perry how you doing that's even worse that's 1999 rap city (laughs) but that's okay if you want to be a bet spokesman (laughs) we can do that too hey saints how are you hey saints and Aints. oh wow how you doing? That was fluffy. Um, <laughs> anywho, uh, I hope y'all are doing well, doing swell. I just ate some funyuns, uh, so I'm actually pretty glad that you're not close to my face. I'm very glad because they smell like socks right now. Yeah, funyuns stink, yeah, but they, they taste good. They, they'll mess the roof of your mouth up, you yeah. know, but they'll bless you. Mm-hmm. I think if you give them a chance, <laughs> that's a, whoever who created them, who thought, you know, let's make chips that taste like onion powder, because they don't taste like onion; they taste like onion powder. Aren't they made with, like, onions? Let me look at it. I feel like it's made with onion powder. Okay. Enriched cornmeal. All right. Oh, it's cornmeal. Uh, vegetable oil. That's literally second on the list, which means it's a very uh, prominent ingredient. Salt. Salt. Cornstarch. Sugar. Corn flour. Buttermilk. Maltodextrin. Onion powder. Uh, monosodium. Glut- glutamate. Hydrolyzed corn protein. Dextrose, which is sugar. Garlic powder. Okay. Yeah, so it's basically garlic powder and onion powder and a bunch of stuff that'll kill you. <laughs> basically. <laughs> In and you, essence.
2: And you just destroyed the bag. Sure did.
1: <laughs> sure did. That death tastes good. Hello. <laughs> that's, that's a word there. Uh, what are we talking about today?
2: We're talking about something that's very, 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 very dope. And it's your second book.
1: Yes. Yay! Mm-hmm. I'm so
2: proud of you. Thanks. First of all, for completing the book um and you one of those authors who don't have ghost writers no shade to people who do have ghost writers yeah but you write all your 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 words in, in the book and uh I've seen you labor and study and come back and study and say present sit down on the couch I want to tell you what I wrote today mm-hmm. over and over again and um I think that your book is going to be great I think it's going to bless a lot of people um holier than Thou is the name mm-hmm. very creative name I always uh, I didn't ex- come up with it I know I wish I did but you approved it. Yes, so my editor special. came up with you're it. It's special. Um, and so, what is Holy Than Thou, and why did you write it?
1: Uh, it's a book. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> you said, What is? Uh, and I wrote it uh, because to me, I think the best books come out of uh, curiosity um, on the part of the author. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we should write about what we want to know or what we already know. You know, like, I think if you're curious or you're already an expert, then write that thing and so for me I was just curious about holiness and I think it started with the question of if God is holy then that means he can't sin if God can't sin then it means he can't sin against me Hmm. if he can't sin against me shouldn't that make him the most trustworthy being there is yes it should Right, and so, but I don't, I don't think we think about holiness in those terms usually, and so, yeah, yeah. it was kind of like a, a a way for me to use this book to investigate that idea.
2: Yeah, speaking about thinking about holiness in those terms, I think, <laughs> I mean, you know how it is when you first become a Christian, right? And when you first hear holiness, you know, you think about uh, Sodom, Hail. Sodom and Gomorrah, Wrath. You think about you know brimstone yeah you think about man god sending a plague on you know the egyptians and pharaoh you think about you know god opening up the ground and swallowing people mm-hmm. right which is an aspect of god's holiness for sure but w- w- what is it about your book that that you feel like will challenge people to think about holiness in a different way and not just those those ways
1: well everything you described is negative Right. right. Like, and and so I think that's a part of the problem is that if you frame holiness only in terms of negativity, then even the way you see God, when the scripture says that God is holy, then you see God as negative. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you only see him as judge. Mm -hmm. Uh, But holiness is bigger than that. Uh, The definition of holiness, it it literally just means uh, separated or to set something apart. And so we are holy, uh, when we are set apart from the world and wickedness and unrighteousness and set apart to God, yeah. right? Uh, however, when you apply that to God, it actually becomes interesting because it's like, who was God set apart from? Mm-hmm. He's set apart from everything, everything that exists, yeah. which means that he is different than everything that exists, which highlights two aspects of God's holiness is that God is morally pure. And God is transcendent. Um, when I was growing up, and I think even now when I hear messaging around the topic of holiness, it always just lands on his moral purity mm-hmm. so that God can't sin. He righteous. He's righteous. He's good and all of that, which is a thing. Yeah. Like, that is a part of holiness. Like, you're holy when you live in a righteous life. But that's not only it. Uh, God's holiness is also that he is unique and mm-hmm. distinct. Uh, the way he exists is differently than everything exists primarily because he is the only one who was not created. Yeah, Everything that's alive now is contingent or derivative. God is the only being that that cannot be said of him. So holiness is just bigger than what we've made it out to be.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I like I like that because I think that we have to start seeing how special and unique god is when we think about his holiness yeah because i know when i first became a christian um you know a lot of people try to not not well yeah they did they tried to like like scare me into obeying god yeah you know, they tried to scare me into like obeying the scriptures. Or if you do this, you know, God is a righteous God; mm-hmm. He's a righteous judge. Mm-hmm. Said and, uh, well, you know what I'm saying? And you know, all all of these these scare tactics. But when you think about God in that way, Him being transcendent and Him being unique and holy and set apart, um, you, you you see someone that you should worship and not fear.
1: Right? There's a reverence that I think um, having an understanding of God's holiness should elicit. But it's really like, man, if if he is morally pure in every way and completely unique, then he's really beautiful. Mm. He's beautiful because imagine a being that can only do good. Yeah. Can only speak good. Can only be wise. Mm-hmm. Can only tell the truth. Can only be gentle. Can only be kind. Can only be just. Right. That's that's literally one of the safest beings that exist and that's God but here we are more willing to submit and uh, trust Satan than God because oftentimes we frame the behavior and character of God as if he's the evil one and Satan is the trustworthy one. I think that's what was happening in the garden. You know, it's like, oh, you won't die. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. At that point, she believed that Satan was telling the truth and that God was the liar. And I think that's the problem with our unbelief is that we stop seeing God as he is and we start to see him through the lens uh of just lies yeah
2: i have a lot of thoughts that's coming into my mind but good i, I mainly want to ask you questions because you're the one that wrote a book about this so you're an expert now I i'm hope not you know
1: that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i hope you know that but my, my question to you is yeah for the person who say yeah that sounds good but what about the moments in the bible where god like literally did some things that
3: was crazy none,
2: none of us can really you know, have an explanation for, for right. example, when, you know, God tells them to leave this place, Sodom and Gomorrah, and not look back, and Lot's wife Light's looked wife. back, yeah. Lot's wife looked back, and immediately she's turned into a pillar of salt. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like, God, like, okay, she looked back, but it wasn't that serious. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, or, like, when God's, like, you know, opened the earth, and people were swallowed, you know, like, Cora, like, yeah. Like, so, how, how What would you say to the person who says, "Man, yeah, that sounds good, but how do you explain God giving drastic punishments to to sins or to things that didn't look mm. as sinful?
1: Well, one, I think time we say that something is isn't as sinful, we're speaking from the vantage point of a sinful individual, mm. Our measurement of sin is indicative of how low we understand God's holiness. Come on,
2: you better talk to us.
1: If God is the most righteous being you will ever meet, spotless, without wrinkle, without blemish, any sin is the worst sin. Oof. Period. Yeah. Um. And so something like Lot's wife, it, the thing is, she was warned. It's not like God be out here smiting people. Without actually telling them that's gonna be a consequence, yeah. like he, he they they said, "Go, don't look back, period, and she broke god's law, um so that's that, but also I think we should say, you should praise the Lord that he is just mm-hmm. you know like i also because we we've seen what it's like to observe in Injustice, mm-hmm. you know, like whether it's a, a black boy killed for doing nothing, um, and then a the cop is not implicated for it; he just goes free. You got Breonna Taylor who was murdered in her home, and and who got charged for it? Nobody. Yeah. That that that's unfair. That's unjust. Un. That's unfair. That's unjust, which really literally means unrighteous yeah. to, to be just is to do what is right. Right. And so imagine if the Lord of the universe, who is sovereign over the world, did not care about sin and therefore did nothing about it. Would he truly be trustworthy? Yeah. When you look at the Holocaust and you see all the things that happened—six million Jews murdered—and you're saying that these people who committed these crimes will be able to stand before God and God would say, "You good? No big deal." Yeah, that's not a good God. Yeah, that's not a God that should be worshipped.
2: That's really
0: good. And so
1: I, th- I think part of the difficulty is we want justice for everything else until that justice falls on us.
2: So this this is this is really good. I think what I hear. You, what I what I'm hearing you saying is because God is holy and he's set apart, right? He's not he's so not like us. For him to turn Lot's wife into a pillar of salt is him being universally universally consistent with yeah. his holiness, with his righteous judgment. Um because the same God who turned, you know, Lot's wife into a pillar of salt would be the same people who would judge the people who murdered the people at the Holocaust or so mm-hmm. the same people like God is consistent because he is holy. And so I think that like, yeah, because sometimes we look at sins and we say, man,
1: God didn't take all that. Yeah, like Uzzah when he touched the ark and he dropped it.
2: Yeah, yeah. but it's like, no, he's a consistent God. But I think that also God being all knowing and all wise in his ways, not our ways, sometimes he chooses to act out justice in ways that he doesn't choose in other ways right and sometimes he chooses to show mercy right and so what would you say to the person who say well why does god choose to show mercy here but
1: not here the truth is he he chooses to show mercy most of the time Mm. which is why when he judges we're actually shocked oh my gosh like we're we're so like he's so patient my water (laughs) he's so patient that we're then surprised When he lifts his hand and does what a righteous judge is supposed to do. Because at the same time that you have uh, Sodom and Gomorrah being judged, you have Lot being rescued. At the same time Mm. that you have Egypt being judged, you have Israel being rescued. Why were they rescued and not Egypt? Mm. They both were born after Adam. They both were sinners. But as God said, I will have compassion on whomever I have compassion. Why in the world after David uh abuses his power, sleeps with Bathsheba, gets this woman pregnant pregnant, kills her husband, then Nathan comes to this man and says, you know what, you're not gonna die for that. Uh the Lord has put his sin or uh, put your sin away. That's actually unjust. Hmm. That's a problem. If God is able to forgive David without David uh having any consequence for his sin. And so what what we really have is that God has a problem if he is showing mercy and compassion and forgiving people without a penalty being paid, gotcha. which is the beauty of Jesus Christ coming because Nathan can say God put your sin away from you because he knew or well, he probably didn't know that Jesus would absorb that for him. Yeah, right. And yeah. so it's in Christ where God is actually showing ultimate compassion And justice, because then he takes on the sins of Israel, Mm -hmm. he takes on the sin of David, Mm -hmm. he takes on the sin of Lot, and he bears the penalty for himself so that God can show himself to be the just and justifier Mm -hmm. of those who have faith in Jesus. That's good. And so God has always been more compassionate compassionate than he's been judge.
2: Hmm. That's really good. You know what? I can tell you wrote a book about this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I read about it for a while.
2: Yeah, that's good.
1: I feel like...
3: So, with the Perrys is is going on tour. Straight is. Don't know if you knew that already. Yeah. I think we're doing 14 cities. Oh, yeah. You wanted me to say something. We're doing 14 cities. And uh, he's going <laughs> to talk about apologetics. And what you going to talk about? I'm going to preach some some Bible. And then we're going to have a live conversation with the Saints about... Something that you pick. We're gonna give y'all the opportunity to pick the conversation that we actually end up having. And it's
0: gonna it's gonna be God glorifying. It's uh gonna be uplifting um to 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 the body of Christ. But mm. we're gonna have fun. I think so. We're gonna have a lot of fun. A lot also too, a lot of y'all have been trying to get the bold apparel merch and I'm bringing all the merch on tour. Oh, like, like all of it. Yeah, and, you know, and we're also coming on tour with our books, with oh, yeah. my new book, uh, all of Jackie 19, hundred books. It's only four. Uh it's it's a lot. Um and so man Be on the
3: lookout, man. All right. So show notes, www.withtheparish.com forward slash tour.
1: In some church context, even now, and especially when I was growing up, like what people presented as holiness was really just legalism. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that that's, why do you think that's the default? You know what I'm saying? That to be holy is to not have fun and, you know, just kind of be a monk. Like, wh- Why do we do that as people? That's a good
2: question. I don't know. I think my first guess is I think that we have a wrong view of God, mm-hmm. right? Um, Because God is this transcendent, eternal, holy God. But he has come and he has condescended and came and became a man and and lived amongst us. And so I think a lot of times we look at God in this very high, lofty way, Mm -hmm. not understanding all the ways he came and became a man. And... Jesus, I don't think that he was uptight. I don't think that he was legalistic. And when mm-hmm. you look at the life of Christ on earth, you don't see him giving half of the restrictions that a lot of these holiness churches give. Yeah. He was and,
1: actually even correcting the Pharisees yeah. for how strict they
2: were. And so I think it's just a really big you know, and like I think it's just churches being unbalanced and mm-hmm. how we see. Like you know, my grandmother used to say, "Don't be too heavenly minded when you know earthly good."
1: Mm-hmm. I used to rebuke people for saying that when I first got saved. Yeah, I was like, Colossians tells us, but to be it's, but it's, but I get it now. But, I get the principle.
2: But, no, but it but it's, it's so true. <laughs> she's not saying don't think about heaven, right? But she's just saying, like, man, like right now you're here on earth, right? Right, and and God knows we're sinners. God knows we're gonna fall, but. It's a throne of grace to come to in our time of need uh, to repent. And, you know, and, and though he's holy, he's also gracious. Mm-hmm. And so grace is never uh, an excuse for our sin. Right. Um, But there is grace there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so even when we sin, like, I I, th- I think true grace prevents us from sinning in the first place. right But when we do happen to sin, because we're sinners, come to the throne of grace with boldness that we f- might find help in our time of need. And so I think that. I think that some people lean the other way. Sometimes they see God, they, they only want to humanize him and yeah. right? they don't see him as big, right. transcendent, holy, it's somebody true. who can take your life right now. Right. If he wanted to, because Aww, he is the creator. It's scary. It is scary, but he has the right to, right? Mm-hmm. But in his grace, <laughs> he, he, he chooses not to do in a, in a lot of ways. But at the same time, you have these, you have people on the other side who just, I, I think, I think, I think what it is is I don't think God has become personal to a lot of people. Hmm. I think that when I think that when you not to not to minimize God or not to treat Him like He isn't a big deal, mm-hmm. but it's something about when this holy and His righteous God becomes personal to you and you are in a relationship with Him. I think a lot of times people. They they think about God in these high lofty ways in his holy these these holy ways and we forget that He's also a God who came and dwelled amongst His creation mm-hmm. and I don't know am I, is, am I making sense
1: Yeah you're you're basically saying that people there's two pendulums or there's a pendulum swing uh, that like leads to two extremes which is God is so lofty. That people are kind of rigid and strict in the way they engage with him and the way they engage yes. with their neighbor, but the other pendulum swing is that God is so near and so personable that they actually become uh, more what's liberated in the way they do anything, where there are no restrictions yes. because there's grace, 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 and there's love, 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 and He's my friend and my buddy.
2: So when I think about God, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't only think about Him as this high, lofty God who just sits on His throne and looks down upon me. Like he's, you know, like he's like, you know, like he is a perfect God. But like, no, he came, he condescended, he came down and he became a man. And so I can relate to God in a way that I couldn't relate to him, you know. But me me relating to him in that way does not make me minimize who he is eternally, right? right? right. And so I think that it has to be a balance, right? Yeah, like It has to be a good balance. And I think that when you lose the balance of two, you you fall on one side of the extreme.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think... I think what's missing on both ends is faith. I say faith because the legalist has a high view of themselves and thus a low view of God because they believe that their works will be on the same level as God, that their works are sufficient. Um, on the other end, the person who is lic- licentious, which they just kind of do whatever they want to do and just, you know, tack it under the banner of grace, 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 and love, love, love that person also has a low view of God because they don't see that God In his love, still has boundaries, still has restrictions, still has commands that he's called us to obey, even in light of him being a super gracious God. And so I think you need faith to tether yourself to both worlds, which is, man, God's standard is very high. And it's a standard that I, I cannot reach. Yet at the same time, he has called me to work and to do good and to love people and to love my neighbor and to obey. But it's through his grace that I'm able to actually walk in godly. And so, no, I, I can't attain that stand, standard, but it's that it's the fact that Jesus Christ came that I can. And so yeah. there, there's this balance of obedience, yet not legalism.
2: Hmm. You yeah. Know? yeah, I agree with that. But do you think also for the legalistic person, do you think that it's always them having a low view of God? Do you think that possibly they have a, a high view of God, but you just think that? they can't live up to god's standards so the next best thing is to compare their righteousness to other people does that make sense cuz i think that i think that if i think that if people cannot live up to god's standards and you're mad about it or you feel you know you feel some type of way about it i think the next best thing is to compare yourself to other flawed human beings
1: yeah but i but again i i, I think they think they have a high view of god The Pharisees, for example, and the Sadducees, I I think they really did think that they had a proper understanding of God through their reading and expertise in the law until Jesus came mm. and shattered all of their paradigms to show, no, you're actually a whitewashed tomb. You're actually not as perfect as, as you think you are. Yeah. So there's that. But you also have folks like Isaiah, who in Isaiah six, he has this vision of God. Isaiah among the people was more righteous than them. Mm-hmm. He, he 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 was living out God's commands. That's why he was a prophet being able to speak into, hey, y'all need to stop y'all need to repent but it was before god high and lifted up at the throne where now the same word that he's used for people he applies to himself which mm-hmm. is whoa i am a man of unclean lips who lives amongst people with unclean so i th- i think having a high view of god gives you a low a, view
0: of yourself.
1: A, a real view of yourself in light of the people that you live with where the only comparison you make is between you and God and thus now you're not self-righteous or mean you actually see that everybody on the same playing field
2: yeah yeah okay so for the person who's saying okay I get this God is holy he has a right to be holy he has a right to act out his justice how he sees fit Uh, all sin is serious to God I get all of this but how is thinking about God's holiness going to help me love him
3: more hey man So, with the Perrys is is going on tour. Straight is. Don't know if you knew that already. Yeah. I think we're doing 14 cities.
0: Oh, yeah. You wanted me
3: to say something. We're doing 14 cities. And uh, he's going <laughs> to talk about apologetics. And what you going to talk about? I'm going to preach some some Bible. And then we're going to have a live conversation with the saints about Something that you pick. We're gonna give y'all the opportunity to pick the conversation that we actually end up having. And
0: it's gonna it's gonna be God glorifying. It's uh it's gonna be uplifting um to 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 the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna have fun. I think so. We're gonna have a lot of fun. A lot also too, a lot of y'all have been trying to get the bold apparel merch, and I'm bringing all the merch on tour. Oh, like, like all of it. Beautiful. And, you know, and we're also coming on tour with our books, with oh, yeah. my new book, uh, all of Jackie 1900 books. It's only four. Uh it's it's a lot. Um and so, man. Be on the lookout, man.
3: All right. So show notes, www.withtheparries.com forward slash tour.
1: And a great question. Thanks. <laughs> because that word faith is a big deal. Um, if God is good all the time and all the time god is good if god is pure if god is unique if god is special if god is kind if god is patient if god is just and he's all these things all like always Mm -hmm. and it's impossible for him to change it's impossible for him to become less than himself if all of that is true then he's worthy to be believed and i think uh when not i think there are two parts in scripture that really motivated my thinking of this one is in Jeremiah two, where God through the prophet says, what worthlessness or injustice, it could be translated that way. What injustice have you found in me that you left me and went after worthlessness hmm. where God uses or brings up his worthiness as incentive for the reason they should stay. Yeah, Jesus does the same thing in John where he says, can any of you convict me of sin? If not, why don't you believe me? Mm-hmm. What he's saying is, if I am sinless, then everything I say about myself, this world, your heart and the world to come is absolutely true. And if it's absolutely true, why aren't you believing me? Yeah. And yeah. so I, th- I think in both instances, you have God positioning himself as a holy being. And therefore, it's futile not to trust him. Yeah, that's really and good. So that's why it's helpful, because it's like, man, he's. He's good.
2: Yeah, that's really good. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I love the book of John so much. A lot of scholars refer to the book of John as the subnoptic gospel. Subnoptic gospel. And they're basically just saying that the gospel of John is different than the other go- gospels because it's clear that John is trying to highlight that Jesus is God.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: in all of his efforts to let people know that, you know, I'm the Messiah, I'm, I'm God, every time the Pharisees had beef with them they could not pull anything bad out of him. Yeah. They
1: had to lie and make up. He sense.
2: consistently revealed his holiness mm-hmm. and how he is set apart and how he is different. Right. And every time they accused him of blasphemy, accused him of this, he asks questions like that, mm-hmm. you know? And I think the same thing applies today. Like we accuse God of so much, mm-hmm. but it's like, what you're basically saying is like the same thing that God, Jesus told the Pharisees. It's mm-hmm. like, what what evil have you seen in me?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You you blame the, like the 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 state of the world on me. Mm-hmm. You blame how your culture is on me. Mm-hmm. You you blame you getting sick because of me, or you being in a bad relationship. You blame so much on me. But if you actually look at the person of Jesus,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right, the one who has come down, you really, you, there's no fault in him. No, he is holy and no. perfect and righteous. And so when we fall in love with that God,
1: and I under I understand how. Those who went through immense suffering can hear this and say, but my father died, but I was raped by my family member, but my husband abandoned me, but I've lost three children to miscarriages, but uh, I have friends who are in, you know, countries where they are being murdered for the faith. Like, but, and I, I think these hard negative Things do make faith in God as good a challenge. Yeah. But I think the ultimate challenge is we have to believe what God says about himself, not what our experiences want to define him as. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's our tendency is that we we. How we feel about God and what we see in the world begins to determine how we define him. Yeah. But God defines himself. Right. Yeah. You know? And he and has s- defined himself. And, and so it's, of it's Jesus, trippy. it says that Jesus... Has made him known. Literally Jesus has exegeted him. Mm -hmm. If Jesus has revealed God. Then it's Jesus who has the right to decide how we understand God. So that means that all of our experiences. And all of our sufferings Submit to what Jesus has revealed. Mm -hmm. If God is good. Then he's good all the time. If God is wise. Then he's wise all the time. You know like there. There are no ifs ands or buts. And so I get. I get the sensitivity of the suffering, uh, but I think we just have to be committed to what Jesus has said uh, and not what our mind wants to tell us.
2: Yeah, that's so, good. That's, that's good. That's that. Well, thank you, um, Jackie Hill Perry, for the breakdown. It was really, really good. I
1: have so much more to say, but I wrote, you know, 40,000 words in the book about it. So,
2: And our podcast is only 30 minutes. I know. Yeah. All right. So about a book. Thanks. Peace.